You're listening to a Philadelphia Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philadelphia sports fan experience. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This is your host, Matt Lupe, and today we're going to be talking about an important decision that the Eagles are going to face between choosing Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard, or both, or maybe neither in the next two years. Um, it's going to be a very important decision, I feel like, this upcoming season. It's going to be a big debate between fans, which one should be kept, should Zach Ertz be extended, Dallas Goddard's approaching when he could re-sign, what is going to happen. So we're going to get ahead of the ball here, talk about that a little bit. But before we get started, I just want to take a moment to address what has been going on in our country so far. Um, Last week's episode, we recorded that a few days before, um, you know, protests started breaking out. So I didn't really have a moment to sit down and um, talk to my listeners about this. And if you're here solely for Eagles content, um, it's going to be here in the show. So if you just feel comfortable um, fast forwarding a little bit, that's okay. Um, I just want to put this out here just for the listeners to hear. If you guys follow us on Twitter, you saw that every view for the last um, podcast episode for the first um, several days that it was live I was going to be donating 20 cents. So um, thank you. We got a couple hundred views. So everybody that made a uh, impact by listening, whether you were a new listener just trying to make an impact from the tweet or you're a returning listener, um, I appreciate your support because you made a small impact. Um, I set that up just because I wanted those people who maybe didn't have enough money to donate um, they could still make an impact. And just by listening to my podcast, whether it be for five minutes or the full time, uh, I believe it was over 50 minutes long. So whatever span it was that you gave me that um, that little bit of your time, I donated 20 cents in, uh, in, your, in your name. So appreciate that. Um, we all made a difference. So um, thank you again. But anyways, as you guys know, with the death of George Floyd, and um, protests and riots that have ensued around many cities across the country, especially where um, a lot of you guys call home in Philadelphia, it's it's been crazy. Um, there's been a lot of stuff that has been going on, and my thoughts go out to all of those who are directly impacted by um, either you know family and friends that had a member die because of police brutality or if anybody's out there with um, a business that got destroyed during riots, whether you're one of my listeners or you're not, um, my, my thoughts and concerns go out to you. So um, hope that everybody bounces back very strongly. But anyways, this whole situation, I think this intersects very much so with football, especially with what Colin Kaepernick was activating for um, a few years ago. And I feel like he was definitely ahead of his time. I think we, we can all agree on that. 
right now because when Kaepernick started peacefully protesting the national anthem, a lot of people didn't understand it. A lot of people were angry. Um, the league didn't really support him that much. They still don't. Um, the president didn't support him at all. And some players were getting behind him, but there was still backlash from other players and coaches. So I think uh, back then, it was seen as something very negative. And I'll admit, I was very ignorant about it. I didn't understand it. And a lot of people had that mindset. And then now, with more going on, um, more violence, still inequality across our nation, it's starting to make a lot more sense. And I think football, sports, athletes are amazing play, amazing people to put these messages out there. And that's why I think Drew Brees got so much backlash for his initial comment saying that he wouldn't respect anyone kneeling for the anthem. That's just because you look at these players out there, you have Dak Prescott donate a million dollars, Mike Evans, $10,000, Malcolm Jenkins, everything that he has done for so long. Um, There's plenty of other donations. I can't remember all of them, but um, looking at the Eagles, Rodney McLeod was out there almost every single day peacefully protesting in Philadelphia. Um, Jake Elliott was out there, Brandon Brooks. So all these players are activating for for change and um, equality among their communities and they are the ones that can make a difference because they have huge platforms. I agree that it's good to see everybody come together and that Blackout Tuesday, everybody posting stuff on Instagram, but somebody that has 50 followers on Instagram and posts that isn't going to make nearly the amount of impact that, say, Roddy McLeod can, um, putting messages out there on social media and out there um, in the protests. So... I think they are the ones that need to be leading this, and they have been. So that's why I think Drew Brees got some backlash because they're doing so much. They're the ones that should be stepping up and speaking out. It kind of seems like, um, you know, a shot back at everybody saying, yeah, you did so much work, but I don't care. Um, So I'm glad. I hope he um, can back up his words a little bit more with some actions, but I did see that he apologized and his teammates are coming back and uh, supporting him so that's good to see but um, just in general hope that everybody's doing okay because of this Um, if you are impacted if you're upset I would just urge you you know if you can donate make a donation Um, if you can't just you know be nice to everyone be kind spread kindness and be aware of the issues around us educate yourselves before you start making generalizations and um, coming across in the wrong way. I think everybody just needs to take a moment to learn a little bit more and we'll come back a lot better. Personally, as a white male, um, I never had to deal with this kind of stuff. I never had to feel scared walking home from a store at night or um, never had to feel like I was targeted by the police. So I don't know the feeling. I never will. But at the same time, you know, I uh, I feel bad for everybody that does. I, I stand with them, and um, everything that has happened made me more open-minded. I just wanted to put this out there to everyone because I hope that everybody's doing okay, um, realizing that, you know, 
our world is going to be different. The NFL season is going to be different. You're going to see a lot um, more kneeling, and we'll see what all the changes are going to be. But before we get started, just wanted to address everything and uh, put my thoughts and condolences out there for everyone who is affected. All right, everybody. Now for the main topic, we're going to talk about Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And to help me out with this conversation, I got Tommy Plunkett on with me. He's been on a couple times so far. If you guys haven't heard before, um, we talked about a couple Eagles topics on the podcast. He's also my roommate at Temple University. Just got word that we're going back in the fall. So looking forward to um, talking to him today. Tommy, how are you doing? I'm good, Matt. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to this topic that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, definitely. So just to kick us off, what kind of impact did Zach Ertz make in 2019? Obviously, just having Zach Ertz on the field is a huge impact just because we know the threat that he is and what kind of coverages and packages the defenders are going to put out just to stop Ertz. But even though those packages still went against Ertz, he still had 88 receptions, 916 yards, and 6 TDs. And this was all in 15 games because he missed that game in week 17 due to the injury in uh, week uh, 16 against the Cowboys when he got hit in the ribs. Um, Zach Ertz also had 50 first down completions. I think that's where his biggest impact comes just throughout all the years. It's just, you know, third and four, third and 10, you know, Zach Ertz is going to be there to be that little security blanket and get you that first down all the time. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that points out or stands out to me in his stats is every single year that he's been in the league, he's been averaging over 10 yards per reception. So not only is he that security blanket, but he's a solid option at receiver as well. Um, The Eagles like to run 12 personnel, which means two tight ends on the field and having Zach Ertz on the field. He's such a, you know, a a receiving threat that it's kind of like having a bigger receiver out there. He's not going to get a bunch of yards after catch, as we all know, but um, he can still catch consistently, you know, intermediate passes between, you know, 10 to 20 yards. That's where he's excelling. He's not always taking um, two yard receptions and running 20 yards after. And he's by no means not um, catching a ball. that has been in the air for 60 yards, but kind of in the middle there. So he's a really good tight end in that sense because he can do a lot of different things but he's also just you know sit in the middle of the field let the play come to you and has that those reliable hands he's always been over 60 percent catch rate so um, that's also a great stat but um, yeah like you said Tommy over 916 yards the year before he was above 1100 yards do you think he can you know maintain this productivity over the next few years of his career um, I definitely think for next for the next few years he's going to maintain like this solid type of thing. I don't think he'll ever get back to that 1100 yard range for mm-hmm. a tight end. Like that's just like obviously he's done it once, but uh, he's getting older obviously as years go on, and we're getting more and more weapons as years go on too. So I think he could stay at this consistent 80 receptions, 900 yards, which is still solid all the time, but. I don't think he'll ever get back to that, like, above 1,000, which doesn't mean that that's anything wrong with Ertz. It's just with more weapons that we're going to have on the field. Other person we're going to be talking about, Dallas Goddard, is going to be out on the field in 12 personnel. So it's just 
he's not going to get back to that peak that he was at, but he, I think he can just consistently say there's 80 yard, 80 receptions, 900 yards type of season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That stat line is still going to be among top tight ends. So wouldn't be complaining yeah, with that, sure. but um, from his record breaking year in 2018, going into 2019, he did drop around 250 yards off of his stat sheet, which isn't bad because he's still near a thousand yards, but almost exactly 250 yards did go to an increase in Dallas Goddard's um, stat line. In 2018, he was at 334 yards and then increases 607 in 2019, um, still above 20 yards or 10 yards per reception like Zach Ertz both years, four touchdowns in 2018, five in 2019. So you can see with an increase in usage in using Dallas Goddard more his rookie year he was involved a little bit but obviously not too much only 44 targets uh 33 receptions then up to 87 targets in 2019 he really showed that he is a threat at tight end um I think when he was drafted the Eagles had big plans for him but he was seen as a very good blocking tight end and receive anything receiving was going to be an added bonus but now he's looking like he can be another receiving threat like Zach Ertz what do you see out of Dallas Goddard uh, I really like Goddard, and the one thing that really stuck out to me, obviously, he's not going to put up those big numbers yet. I'm pretty sure he was still top 10 in yards for tight ends uh, last season, but he's still not going to put up those big numbers. But um, the game in Week 16 when Ertz got his ribs hurt against the Cowboys, that was his best game of the year because he was in the action. He had nine receptions, mm-hmm. 91 yards. And that big TD, it's like the only touchdown I'm pretty sure we – or Miles Sanders had it, but another touchdown. But he still had that big TD to open up the uh, game against the Cowboys and really give us that momentum. And that was like the main thing I needed to see out of Goddard is when he has that role as the tight end number one, the defenses are focusing on him if he could still produce. And he showed me that he could still produce. Yeah, another thing, he's made some pretty insane catches so far, especially last year. I think it was against the Cowboys and the Giants, two unreal catches um, near the sideline, bailing Wentz out. So you you know that he can make those big plays. Um, Ertz isn't as flashy as Goddard is, in my opinion, just because, um, you know, he just catches it between the numbers and almost sits down every single time. But Goddard, he goes and gets the ball, and he can make it happen after. I know he's struggled with fumbles a little bit in his career, but – um, honestly, his, his ability after the play is unmatched compared to Zach Ertz. And to um, you know, go off on a side note a little bit, don't really talk about fantasy football too much on this. We'll probably get into it over the summer. But the Eagles, like in a fantasy position, are in a very unique situation here because not many times are fantasy football players going to draft a second-string tight end. But Dallas Goddard is honestly a very good option. 58 receptions, yeah. 670 yards. Would you ever consider drafting Goddard in fantasy? Um, I would definitely consider drafting him as a backup tight end option, mm-hmm. even even maybe late as a starter, just because, like I said, I'm pretty sure I read a stat that he was last year, he was top 10 in yards. It just goes to show you how much of a drop-off there is from those big tight ends like Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, those type of guys. There's so There's so much of a drop-off after that that, if you just fill in Goddard, I'm pretty sure he's a guaranteed eight to ten points. Like that's just a good throw in because there's other tight ends out there that aren't even getting you that. So I definitely consider him drafting him as 
a late round starter or backup. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, looking at the money side of things, obviously they're both very talented and the stat sheet shows that, but um, first Zachert. So this upcoming year, he has over a $12 million cap number. Again, it's pretty similar in 2021. That's where his contract ends. If you look at his contract more in depth, there are these um, years in 2022 and 2023 that the Eagles like to do this a lot. They just add extra years onto it just to spread the numbers out a little bit. But it really, you know, there's no base salary. It really doesn't count towards it. So it looks like Zach Ertz has four more years when realistically it's just two. Um, it's kind of complicated, but that's just how good Howie Roseman is. So Yeah, he likes any, to complicate a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, Zach Ertz is accounting for um, – about 5% of the Eagles cap percentage um, these next two years, which isn't that bad, um, but he's still getting paid top money as a tight end. So um, that's Ertz. Goddard, on the other, other hand, is obviously still on his rookie deal. So 2020, he's getting paid $1.5 million. 2021, it goes up to $1.7 million. That is a bargain for what you're getting out of Goddard. Um, Obviously, whenever he's up for an extension, whether it be with the Eagles or if they let him walk in free agency, we'll talk about that. But um, whenever he's getting into that second contract, it's going to increase significantly. So the Eagles are in a really weird situation. They're both going to be um, free agents, unrestricted, unrestricted free agents after 2021. Um, do you think Zach Ertz will get extended at all? these next two years um, he's probably going to be looking to get paid up near where George Kittle will. Once he signs his extension, Austin Hooper is currently the highest paid tight end of the league with his new deal around 10 and a half million dollars. So he's going to want more than that. I mean, that's, there's no debate. He's better than Austin Hooper. Um, Do you see them extending Ertz with Goddard ready, ready to get paid soon? Um, it's honestly a really tough call and I don't really have an exact answer, but, um, I remember after the playoff loss, Ertz was getting interviewed in front of his locker and everything about like his future with the team and everything, you know, media's got to ask that question and everything. Mm -hmm. And he answered the one question. He was like, he hopes to be in Philly forever that whatever the Eagles are going to decide that they're going to decide. So that caught me, caught me off guard because like, I knew he still had, those two years left on his contract. And then I'm pretty sure like a few weeks after that interview, um, uh, someone on uh, Mike Silver on NFL Network said that uh, Ertz supposedly turned down a contract that would have paid him more than Austin Hooper, who you just mm-hmm. brought up. And I think Austin Hooper's is like four years, 45 million or something, or 44 million, which I feel like um, is definitely a little pricey for Ertz just because he is an aging tight end listen like it hurts me to say this I love Ertz and I'll always be forever grateful for what he did to this franchise I just don't really think giving him that huge of a contract at 30 years old if they decide to do it next year or 31 years old if they decide to do it after his contract expires is like really that smart for the team especially when uh his protege, who I like to call, I like to call him his protege because I can never tell the difference when they're on the field together. <laughs> is like right behind him, which who's much younger and I think can produce almost just as much as him. So I don't really know 
I, I don't think an Earth's extension worth that much would be worth it, but I don't really know what the Eagles are going to do. I, I'm going to back it either way just because I love Earth and I think he still can produce. I just don't know if Howie Roseman's going to give that like 45 or upwards of $45 million to an aging tight end, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree with you because you have to consider the age a lot. Like you said, he's 30 years old right now or going to be 30 for the season. Um, Howie Roseman, you know, he's favored older players in the past. The Eagles have one of the oldest rosters last year, but this past offseason, he really wanted to change that. They let a lot of older players go, and then he's bringing in a bunch of new draft picks, um, free agent pieces that were younger. So he wants to get younger. I don't think, you know, signing a player, no matter how, no matter how good they are, especially the tight end position. I know the Eagles like to use tight ends a lot, but it's not like they're re-signing a 30-year-old quarterback or, um, mm-hmm. you know, safety, whatever, like a key position. They're, you know, considering bringing back a tight end. Um, it's, I don't know, I, I'm with you. I can see it go either way just because the money, there, there's no way the Eagles are going to sign Goddard for four years. I mean, he's not going to be under contract until he's 36 years old. There's no way. Um, yeah. Two to three years is possible, but it's still going to be very expensive. It's going to look at um, upwards. So Austin Hooper was 10 and a half million average per year. Um, Kittle, I think is probably going to get 12 uh, yeah, at a minimum. Should, yeah. yeah. 12 or 13. Yeah. Ertz is going to want the same thing. Uh, you can make yeah. the argument that, Ertz is better than Kittle. You can make the argument that Kittle is better than Ertz. They're pretty similar. In my opinion, Kittle hasn't beat, but just the way the NFL is with, um, you know, players running up the cap a little bit, Ertz is going to want to reset the market again after Kittle signs or yeah, um, sure. get very close to it. So if Kittle signs for say 13 million a year for four years, Ertz is going to be looking for three year, 39 million. I guarantee it. Um, yeah. It's just four years is too much. Um, personally right now, I don't see it happening just because if Goddard is going to produce again and he gets at least 800 yards, he's much better at blocking than Ertz is. He's getting up there as, um, a good receiver. He might be better than Ertz one day at receiving and he's so electric after the catch. So I think he can offer a lot more than Ertz can, no matter how good Ertz is. Like you said, we love Ertz. All of Philly does, you know, the Eagles love him. But at the same time, when you have a player right behind him, um, just signing him is is troubling. But um, would you ever consider trading Ertz just to get out of the last year and um, just avoiding this all and running with Goddard uh, in 2021? I mean, yeah, I would definitely consider it, especially if uh, like you're the Eagles, you're in Harry Roseman's position. He's, they plan on, all right, we'll let Zach Ertz play out his contract and then we're going to let him walk because we don't want to give him that money. I think you definitely have to, like, put uh, Ertz on the trade block and weigh out your options and see what you can get for him because mm-hmm. getting something for him is going to be better than nothing. I know trading him, I don't know what his exact details in his contract are. Maybe trading him might hurt even more with cap hit, but, like, if you're getting a first-round or second-round pick out of that or – a uh, first round talent player like everyone wanted to trade Ertz for uh Yannick like if that's going to happen I would definitely be in favor of trading Ertz to get like a haul like that yeah I think just the way the Eagles respect their players um, especially Ertz I don't think they're going to be actively 
shopping him, calling around saying, all right, what would you go for Zach Ertz? But, you know, if someone did come calling, there was a lot of, I wouldn't say rumors, but just fan speculation and, um, you know, wishful thinking that Ertz could possibly get traded for Julio Jones this offseason. Um, you know, that would be interesting. I know that's a very separate discussion to have considering Julio's contract and his age and all that. But if a team did come calling with, you know, a position of need at the time, it was wide receiver for the Eagles. If they came calling saying we got Julio Jones, one of the best in the league right now, we want Zach Ertz, you know, then you can start considering it. I don't think how he would ever call um, Atlanta and say, you know, we want Julio Jones for Zach Ertz. I think that's just a little bit disrespectful for Zach Ertz and, I don't see that, um, you know, in their hands right now, but I wouldn't like, like you said, I wouldn't rule it out. And if you can get something, especially you, you get out of a good amount of money. And then if you get, can get something in return, uh, especially if they're just going to let them walk after 2021, that's a bonus. And I would imagine that after this upcoming season, um, they're going to be pretty confident in Dallas Goddard. I'm confident in his ability to, you know, improve and be a top tight end. But um, that leads us into our next topic right now or going into the next season. Who is more talented, Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard? Um, This is really tough to say just because of how uh, good Ertz has been for us. Um, But I don't know. Like, as we speak right now, I feel like it's just, like, disrespectful on Zach Ertz's name just to say that uh, Dallas Goddard is – more talented than them. However, with that being said, I believe that Dallas Goddard could, and I strongly emphasize that could because I'm really mm-hmm. not sure, but I think Goddard could have a higher ceiling than Ertz has. I mean, it's going to be tough because Ertz has broken records. He's still got time left, and I'm pretty sure he's already 13th or 12th in reception by a tight end in NFL history. So it's going to be tough for Dallas Goddard to hit that ceiling above Ertz, but I think he could definitely do it. Um, but I think that Goddard could contribute to this team in the future more than Ertz, just because I think he's already that all-around better tight end, like you said. He's definitely – he's light years ahead in, of from Ertz in blocking. Not that that's a knock on Ertz. Ertz has never been a good blocker. I mean, he's definitely gotten better, but I think Goddard is that all-around better tight end, but – when you just look at what Ertz can do as we speak right now, I would say he's more talented than Dan yeah. Goddard. Yep, I agree. And Ertz, to me, is similar to another player in Philly, Ben Simmons, because Ben Simmons can be good at so many things, but if he can't shoot, people are still going to hate on him. Zach Ertz is good at so many things, but if he doesn't get the yards after catch or if he doesn't block well enough, people are going to hate on him. So it's kind of like, you know, when we defend these players, both Ertz and Simmons, you look at it like, yeah, there's one thing that they can't really do that well, but everything else they're elite at. You know, they're so good above everyone in the league that it makes up for it. However, with Goddard, you don't really have that question mark anywhere. He might, be, he might not be as good as receiving or as good as route running than Ertz is, but he's just all around a better player. Uh, I mean, not, I'm not trying, trying to say right now he's a better player, but all around, um, mm-hmm. you know, more versatile, more solid, and um, well-rounded as a player. Goddard, you know, I mentioned before, 
He can block. He can receive very well, which, you know, was shown this past year. Um, after the catch, he's better than Ertz. I think everybody can agree on that, even if he has a little bit of issues um, protecting the football. But I don't know. Um, I would say Ertz is a better player right now. I would definitely take, if you had to choose between the two, I would pick Ertz this upcoming season. But like you said, Goddard probably has a higher ceiling. He can probably do more. Will he? I don't know yet. I haven't seen enough, but um, you know he has the talent to be able to do so. And um, I think that's going to play into the, into the situation because if Goddard does pass Ertz on a talent level this upcoming season, then it makes Ertz a little bit more expendable and um, you, you never know. They can, you know, just ride with Goddard either into the 2021 20, season or after the 21 season and just let Ertz walk. Um, as sad as it would be to see Ertz go, Goddard was an excellent draft pick. And um, I definitely could see him taking over as a top option. Um, the thing is, players can start negotiating for a new deal after their third year in the league. So, hypothetically would you see if goddard is going to be the guy would you see him signing a new deal after this season or do you think he would wait until he's going to be a free agent um after 21 um i personally think it's just going to depend on what the eagles decide to do with Ertz. i think mm. if he if the eagles have already made their decision on Ertz and they uh either there's trade rumors going around that can be like true or if like just there's just like stuff going around that Ertz isn't coming back whatever I think he'd definitely just consider sticking here and trying to work out the best contract that he can have here just because he knows his role already he knows that uh the Eagles are letting Ertz walk so he has a lot of uh he has like a lot of pull on how much money he's going to get because he knows that the Eagles want to pay him he knows that they're their guy so I think it just depends on what Earth is going to be doing. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, if they made up their mind that Goddard is going to be the tight end of the future, even if Earth is staying the last year of his contract, I think Goddard will be signed almost immediately just because they want to make sure they get him as cheap as possible and um, just lock him in before he has any um, possibility of hitting the market and talking to other teams. Um, another question before we um, – wrap up and give our final thoughts on what the Eagles should do with these two tight ends. Um, the Eagles wide receiver position is very unique right now because they have a lot of younger players, Jalen Rager, JJ Ortega, Whiteside, John Hightower, Marquise Goodwin. Um, their position is very boomer bust. If Rager is a great draft pick, if Ortega Whiteside comes around, if Hightower or Marquise Goodwin, or maybe Quez Watkins is going to be, um, a, a good deep threat for the Eagles and they become a good receiving group. Would you ever see them transitioning from a mainly 12 personnel team to 11 personnel and then making Ertz a little bit more expendable and putting Goddard as pretty much the sole tight end. Um, this would take a lot because the Eagles love running this 12 personnel, these two tight end sets, but if the wide receivers improve and they want to keep three wide receivers on the field, most of the time, do you ever see their offense just completely changing? Um, yeah, I definitely do. I think that just with having Carson Wentz as your quarterback, I think you can do that change like so quickly and 
you know, uh, Doug Peterson as your head coach. So uh, he's worked with so many changes throughout his coaching career. So I think that could definitely happen. Um, like you said, I think it just depends on what that wide receiver group's going to be. I think if Doug Peterson sees that he can get the most out of them, I think he'll change from that 12 personnel and uh, really put the focus on that wide receiver group because that's where the most of the success is going to come from. I just, I feel like they're just going to weigh their options and see where most of that success is going to come from right now. It's in the 12 personnel. So why change anything up? But if they see that Rager and JJ Arcega White side, Marquis Goodwin, if they're really hitting their ceiling, then I think they'll change it up. But right now I see them staying with that 12 personnel just because that's where all the success comes from. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting because the wide receiver group has a very big impact on their decision here at tight end because here on the flip side, um, it's very improbable that Deshaun Jackson is going to be here after the next season. Um, same with Alshon Jeffrey. I believe Greg Ward is in a contract year. Um, if J.J. Ortega-Whiteside doesn't develop the way the Eagles want him to, they're, you're down three or four wide receivers, and all of a sudden um, the need for wide receiver like it was this offseason is going to carry over to next offseason. If that happens, if the wide receiver, like I said, it's boomer bust right now, you can be really good, but you also have the, t- uh, the possibility of being terrible at receiver if these draft picks don't hit or um, you know Jackson can't stay healthy. So say worst case scenario, the wide receivers struggle a lot. Now do you see Ertz signing that extension and Goddard sticking around um, for a new contract and then just running the 12 personnel but having two of the highest paid tight ends in the league now um, and probably some of the lowest paid wide receivers in the league? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that would be if, – if that's the case, which I don't see happening, and I – really hope it doesn't happen because I have a lot of faith in these young wide receivers. But if that's the case, I think they would almost have to uh, sign both of them because that's going to be the bulk of your success. You won't really, I mean, you have Carson Wentz as your quarterback. He can make things happen, but without those two, I don't, and the rest of the um, wide receiver group turning into a bust, I don't really see what else they could do. I guess they would have to sign both. Ertz and Goddard, throw all your money into that position. Know that Ertz is going to age and, I guess, focus on drafting another tight end just to keep that 12 personnel going throughout your system for a big, chunk of your future. Yeah, 100%. I definitely agree with you. So we talked about the stats. We talked about the money. talked about how the wide receivers play into it. If you were to make a decision right now or a prediction of what would happen, you know, is it going to be trade Ertz, sign Ertz, let Goddard walk, sign them, sign both? Um, what's your prediction right now? Um, right now, it breaks my heart to think about this just because I'm, as we're talking, I'm looking at um, a plaque in my room that I have of Ertz catching the game-winning game, uh, touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. But um, I think what the Eagles should do is uh, look into a trade that's involving Zach Ertz. He's one of my favorite Eagles ever, but if they're going to do anything, they I feel like now would be the time. Um, we can get a pretty big haul now for him, I think. And um, obviously I would love to bring back both. That would be the most ideal situation. I just don't think that throwing that much money onto one position when the other one is almost just as good would be the right thing to do. But um, if they, 
they end up letting Goddard walk and they bring back Ertz, I'd obviously be content with that. I just feel like with Goddard being younger and at this point in their careers, I just see Goddard as a better all-around tight end. And um, I think that they'll look to trade Ertz and extend Goddard before they do anything else. Okay, I like it. Um, I have a similar mindset. Like I said before, I'm not sure how um, realistic a trade is going to be just because um, Ertz, I would really only take a first-round pick for him right now just because his value with the Eagles is so high. I don't know if teams would be willing to give up that much for him. Um, If a trade does come around, then I would probably take it if it's a good enough return. But me personally, um, so – the, the money doesn't concern me with Ertz, but that means Goddard probably isn't going to stick around. Uh, if you're going to pay Ertz a lot of money, you can't pay two tight ends. Um, unless, like we said, the wide receivers are going to be terrible. So right now, I'm going to predict that the wide receivers are going to be good. Um, you guys have heard me talk about Jalen Rager a lot, so you guys know I like him. I believe in J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Um, I think last year he was just he was banged up, so... I think he's going to develop. He might not be a top receiver in that draft class, but he's going to be solid. Um, Yes, there will be a need for receiver later on, but it's not going to be enough that they're going to be forced to keep both Ertz and Goddard. So right now I'm going to say Goddard is going to be re-signed in halfway through the 2021 season. Ertz is going to walk after 2021. And the Eagles are probably going to get a fourth round compensatory pick out of him. So a little bit of return from him, but he's probably going to sign a pretty big deal elsewhere um, for another two or three years. So again, that pains me to say that as well. Um, Ertz is someone that I view as an Eagle for life, but um, when the Eagles, after they won the Super Bowl, they drafted Dallas Goddard because they wanted to replace Trey Burton and have, um, you know, another great year of 12 personnel and two great tight ends for the future, but they kind of got themselves in a pretty sticky situation um, now that they have to make a decision between one or the other or both or neither. Um, neither is just absurd. That would never happen. But um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, but, yeah, that's where I stand right now. Yeah, I really I, – I mean, I, I definitely agree. Like, it's going to be hard probably to get a trade for him just because you know how much the Eagles respect their players. So, like you said, they're not going to go around calling, oh, we're looking to trade Earth, we'll get anything we can kind of thing. If someone mm-hmm. calls them and it's – a position in need I think that um, they'll, they'll definitely look into it but um, I really even if we decide like to let Ertz walk and then all of a sudden the wide receivers do turn into a bust after we thought that they were going to be a boom I have a lot of faith in the Eagles drafting another wide uh, another tight end mm-hmm. to fill that hole that like the position that Goddard was in in his rookie year in this past season I have a lot of faith just because the Eagles have always been done a good job at drafting tight ends. So, I mean, I'm excited to see what happens. It's definitely going to be interesting, but that's how, that's where I stand with everything. Yeah. And definitely if the Eagles, if they are just left with Goddard and need some more help, like you said, they're good at drafting these tight ends, but also it's not like they're going to need someone to step in and be a starter. They'll still have Goddard um, to carry the big load. And then the other tight end can just, you know, do most of the blocking or just, go for 300 yards his first couple seasons and then now they'll have a different decision to make later on but um you know it's not like they're going to get into they're never going to get into a situation where they need a number one tight end here in the next few years which is a good good sign for them yeah i feel 
comfortable saying that as well. All right. So thank you guys for listening. Um, good discussion to have because I feel like everybody's going to be talking about it all season. It's going to come up on us very quickly um, with this decision between Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard or both. We'll have to see what happens. But thank you again for listening. If you guys want to follow Tommy on Twitter, we'll have that linked in the description. Um, Tommy, thanks for coming on and uh, thanks for providing all the insight you had on this topic. Yeah, for sure. I had a lot of fun talking with you today, Matt. Thanks for having me again. I'll be glad to be back on again in the future. All right. Appreciate it. Um, Anytime. So guys, make sure you subscribe, follow us on social media, and then make sure to check back in next Wednesday for another Birds Banter episode and go birds.